Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again today to preview the LSU fall camp is Glenn West. Glenn, how you doing? Doing good, man. How are you? Doing well. Uh, can't complain. You know, it's still that uh, we're still in July, unfortunately. So we got to get to to August to get to fall camp, and that's when it'll pick up, and that's when I'll feel better. But for now, I'm I'm doing all right. We're we're, we're getting through. Yeah, I'm kind of in that boat too. I think we're all kind of media guys, just getting that one last rest in before uh, before the the big tsunami, I guess, hits us and right. right in the face next week. So. Right. It'll be it'll be a really fun season, but yeah, we're 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 ready to get rolling. I think for sure. Yeah, um, we'll spend about 15, 20 minutes or so uh, previewing fall camp, mm-hmm. giving our thoughts on what to watch, uh, predicting of um, some starters, and kind of go from there. Uh, we also have some baseball news at the end of the podcast as, as well, so uh, stay tuned for that. But Glenn, I want to start off with maybe our, our a prediction or something something we're watching for. Uh, in fall camp specifically doesn't have to be the most obscure thing but uh, just anything that really you're excited about looking for going into going into the fall uh, what's that one thing for you yeah so uh, I mean I, I think everybody probably knows we've talked about the quarterback so much this offseason but um, you know I'll, I'll leave that up to you if you want to talk about that or not but um, you know I, I think just one thing for me um, I, I'm just going to be looking just for the just that 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 cohesion and just how fast it takes them to really figure out what these rotations are going to look like across the roster. I think that's going to be really interesting because, um, you know, it's not only just, you know, the quarterback. I mean, you got to have uh, these rotations really kind of figured out, I think, relatively early in camp. So you can obviously figure out just uh, what the, the game plan will be for that first Florida State game. I think the you know, if you're able to, you know, spend the first two weeks or so kind of tinkering with stuff on the offensive line, on the, you know, with the linebackers, with the secondary, um, yeah, I think you, if you can kind of hone in on what your best combinations are earlier, the earlier you get in camp, I think that's probably the best case scenario and kind of allows you to, to, to really think about what the depth chart looks like uh, for that Florida State game and just what the rotations might look like. And, um, you know, I do think that's going to be really, really important for, this offensive line in particular to really have kind of a set structure and kind of one or two different combinations of lineups that you can roll with. Um, you know, I, I, I just, it's the, it's the most important thing I think outside of the quarterback battle to me is the offensive line and making sure that group uh, comes together because the one thing that they do have is a lot of bodies. I mean, they have a lot of bodies, a lot of guys who, um, you know, are, are big, they're physical, they're athletic, um, and it's just about finding which ones work well together, which ones are able to give you the most consistent success. And I think that's going to be uh, really key, uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, I would say, yeah, obviously the secondary, that cornerback rotation is going to be really interesting to follow. Uh, you know, we still haven't heard much about Jarek Bernard Converse this off season. Um, yeah. yeah. I haven't really asked Brian Kelly about it, um, but, you know, I, I think you, you would hope that he's, 
the plan was to hold him out for the spring and for some of the summer in the hopes that he would be ready for the start of training camp. So we'll, we'll get a chance to see that obviously starting next week. And uh, yeah, it'll be very, very interesting to see who kind of lines up next to him. I like Makai Garner. I thought he had a great spring, but yeah, um, yeah I, I think there's, there's, there's certainly some, some big ones, but I think just figuring out the rotations as early as you can in camp uh, are going to be really, really big for me and something I'll be keeping an eye on really roster wide. Yeah. I mean, the offensive line and quarterback are, are the two biggest ones. They're the two that whenever I'm asked about them, I can never give a solid answer. Obviously, like when it comes to who is going to start, like I can beat the drum of whoever, like Garrett Nussmeyer forever. But if they ask who is going to start or who Brian Kelly is going to start, I, I mean, you know, we don't know. Our, yeah, our guess is as good as anybody. So uh, that's what obviously going to take center stage. Uh, offensive line is like you said, is second, to me in terms of figuring out how that's going to work itself out now that everybody's healthy, everybody's engaged, you know, Anthony Bradford, Garrett Dellinger, Marlon Martinez, go down the list. And then I think defense on defense, I'm, I'm pretty much set uh, looking across the board, except for Micah Baskerville. He's the one X factor here that you look at. You're like, he could change the dynamic if he um, can play you know, better than he did last year, if he can play as well as he did last year, and which one of those two linebackers is removed, right? Greg Penn or, or uh, Mike Jones. So with that being the case, that's the only position of uncertainty I have. Like defensive line, Makai Wingo is going to be great. Uh, Jacoby Gillier is going to be great. But like you have those four set guys pretty much. And then after that, you go from there. Um, so you, know, you, you covered well with the defensive backs. I mean, just veteran guys who we know are going to start pretty much, except I mean Bernard Converse, the only one that maybe has a question mark. For me, the tight end position is probably the one underrated thing that we haven't talked about a ton. And it's just because I, I speak for myself. I don't really want to talk about it that much. Like I don't have a bunch of belief in Cole Taylor or Jack Mashburn or or Mason Taylor or Nick Stewart. Like um, I just don't think that it's a very talented room personally but i there's the reason i brought it up is because brian kelly at the rotary club event said that they want to have a tight end on the field every single snap almost and that caught me off guard did that catch you off guard at all or was that like did you kind of expect that no i think that definitely caught me off guard i think it caught a lot of the people that that follow the site off guard a lot of the our followers and you know just um yeah i i the, the tight end position is weird because obviously Den Brock and Kelly have a great history of developing that position and, and putting out some really great players and getting them to the NFL and all that stuff. But I think you're right. Does LSU have a potential NFL tight end on this roster right now? And I don't think so. I mean, it's just uh, really hard to see that. I mean, especially with the kind of lack of production you've seen from that group for really two straight seasons now, um, you know, obviously you had Eric Gilbert there for, you know, six or seven games back in 2020, but you know, they just not on the roster anymore. So I think yeah. that was, they put a lot of their eggs in that basket. I think a couple of years ago, hoping that he would be the payoff guy for a season like this, where, I mean, if yeah. you stick him in, you know, as a two-year starter at tight end, I mean, what, what does this offense look like with him plugged in at, at his full potential? I mean, I just don't know. But, um, you know, that's a hypothetical train that we could talk about for probably hours. But, um, you know, I, I do think that, you know, look, Mashburn has showed you some stuff in the past. I think he's a, 
he's a reliable blocker. Um, I think he's a guy you could put in there and, and, and you know, as a sixth man on that front offensive line and really open up some running lanes for, for the Emery's and the Noah Canes and Armani Goodwins of the world. Um, but he's not going to blow you away with his pass catching ability. And really Cole Taylor hasn't been able to show you that either. So, um, you know, I, I am going to be really curious to see what happens with that position group. Yeah, you know, we were talking about X factors a little bit earlier, but I would throw in seven banks is one for the secondary that I think is going to be really uh, important. Obviously, a guy who hasn't really spent a whole lot of time around the team. He was one of those summer enrollee guys. And, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how much ground he can make up, you know, in the early part of camp because he is talented. And he's, I think, really the biggest thing that's hampered his career has been those injuries. And so, uh, we also know LSU's history with Ohio State players and, and transfers and yeah. all that all that jazz. So mm-hmm. yeah, you hope he can come in and make an impact. I'm not sure it's going to be as a starter right away, but um, you know it'll be very interesting to see how that all plays out. But uh, yeah, just kind of getting back to the tight ends. Yeah, it's going to be a. I think it's going to have to be a by committee thing. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mason Taylor really kind of finds himself in the rotation, maybe by yeah. default if they're not getting something that they want from those top and guys in the, on the depth chart right now. So um, it was one of the concerns that Mike Denbrock had back in spring. And, um, you know, I'm not sure how much they've really learned about that position uh, in, in the summer. Yeah. Kind of putting, putting a bow on that. It's, it's funny because during the spring, uh, Polly and Kelly were all so vocal that, Oh, we're not done here. Uh, we're we're going to get, uh, I, I don't know if they said it by name, but I, I'm pretty sure they were just like, yeah, we're going to get a tight end. Like we're, there are these positions that we still want to fill. Uh, you know, tight end corner, whatever, all this stuff. And they just never were able to fill it because the transfer portal just never allowed it to come to fruition. Like there wasn't anything that they wanted to spend a scholarship on. Um, so it, it's an interesting position. Now, uh, I want to jump to uh, a new segment that I, I called uh, one or two. All right. So one is the starter. Two is obviously not a starter. I got six players here, Glenn. I'm going to throw them to you. You tell me if they're a one or a two. Game one against Florida State. All right. I think it starts easy and it gets progressively harder. I think. Okay. I don't know. But all right. Uh, John Emery, is he a one or a two against Florida State? I'm saying John Emery is a one. I think okay. there's there's really no no chance that he's not a, a starter, I think, for game one. Okay. Cole Taylor. I'm gonna say two. I think I think uh, I think Jack Mashburn uh edges him out there. I think he just kind of provides you a little bit more just stability with that position in terms of what he's able to do from a blocking perspective. And he's a veteran, you know, kind of older guy who I think you can plug in and he won't make a ton of mistakes. See, I read your, I read your uh, article. I read your prediction. So I was like, all right, I want to see if he sticks by his prediction or not. So there you go. Uh, Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me either. I mean, Jack Mashburn basically supplanted Cole Taylor in the last like few games of the season last year. They just threw him out there. Just, you know, like you said, like a blocking guy. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Greg Penn. Uh, one. I, I think Greg Penn's going to be a starter. I think him and Mike Jones really had a fantastic spring. And, um, you know, everything we've heard from the, within the program is that he's ready for a year two leap. And, and we talked with Jones back at the SEC media days, and he says he has so much trust in, in, in Greg Penn and how much he's developed over the last several months. And I just think it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. So you don't think we see Baskerville starting? Well, I, I, I think you see him kind of in a similar role to last year. I don't. He wasn't really a, a, a you know a full time starter last year either. I think he kind of rotated 
um, you know, with Mike Jones and with, you know, a couple other guys throughout the season last year. But, um, no, I, I don't I don't expect him to be on every snap kind of guy for them this yeah. year. Okay. Charles Turner. I'm I'm sticking with one for now. I I'm I'm a tentative one on that. You know, kind of. I think the the board has kind of talked me out of it a little bit. On <laughs> it's like uh, peer pressure, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah no yeah, way. There's uh, no way. No. Um. Yeah. I I just think there's so many different combinations. I actually wrote about this another day or the other day or so, and yeah, there there's some really good freshmen. I think they're really high on. I think Emory Jones is a guy they really like. Uh, they really like Fitzgerald West. I'm not sure that those guys are going to be able to supplant Charles Turner day one against Florida State. I mean, those guys are true freshmen who have never played a down of college football. And uh, so I do think just from the veteran perspective that you want to have a guy like Charles Turner out there. Um, you know, I, I think obviously you, you could do some switching around. Traymond Schwartz, I think, had some snaps at center during the spring. But yeah. I'm not sure how much they want to tweak with this offensive line, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's it's going to have to be like Shorts or or – Marlon Martinez or Dellinger. I don't even know if Dellinger can play center, but like it would have to be some real rearranging in a sense. Um, it doesn't feel like you just plug in Emory Jones as center uh, to me. Um, Will Campbell. Oh, uh, one for sure. I, okay. I think that's, I think that's uh, one of the, one of the ones I feel most comfortable about. I mean, just everything we've heard uh, from the staff, you know, comparing him to kind of a young Andrew Whitworth. I mean, that was kind of the, the the buzz we heard back in spring was how quickly he adapted to the college game, how after, you know, one week or I even think Brad Davis about a week or two ago said he's going to be a superstar. He was on yeah. Jordy Collada's show and talked him up really, really well. So I, I do think that Campbell's going to be a, a day one starter. Um, I, I think the, my uh, my the North Texas in me is scared of freshmen still. Because- yeah. North Texas, there's just never a chance where the true freshman would come in and just start on the offensive line like this. Um, but I mean, obviously, this is a completely different animal. Will Campbell's just a monster player. I'm no denying that. It's just like, damn, this guy's going to just step in here and be a starting left tackle. And I, I mean, yeah, he definitely should. And I, I would project him to be a start as well. I just to put him on here because, like, the more I look at this, this, um, this roster and the step chart, it's like senior, senior, you know, junior, like veterans. And then Will Campbell's there, and it's like yeah. – I think they- it's something he earned. I mean, it's something he earned back in the spring. And, you know, I don't think they would have put him there if he didn't earn that spot. And he was really a kind of staple there at that position at left tackle by the end of spring. So, I mean, I'm just going to ride with what the coaching staff has said, what they've shown through their actions. And, yeah, I expect Will Campbell to, 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 to take a pretty good early hold of that left tackle spot. Yeah. All right, again, this is who – um, who we believe there is going to start a week one against Florida State. Last one I have here, couldn't get out of this, Miles Brennan. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to say two. I got to stick with my guns, man. Or, or three. You could say three, too. Well, you said one or two. I mean, I, I know, I, I know. But – I mean, I you and you and me have been kind of tooting Nussmeyer's horn for really the last month or so, um, and I you know I can't get off of it now. I mean, I think I'm kind of dug in until we see something otherwise in this in the, uh, in, the fall. You know, in the fall. But um, you know, I I just I think he gives you the highest upside of any of those guys. And if you're a first year coach like Brian Kelly, um, you you know you have some leeway with this roster and with this yep. team. Um, if if Nussmeyer shows you that he can be the guy this year, you you make that move. I mean, you, you just have to. 
But if we had to project who, who Kelly and Denbrock are going to start, do you think it, it will be Nussmeier? Oh, if we're projecting who they want to, who they'll like most who, start, yeah. like I obviously um, like it's a it's a guess for us. Like we don't, yeah, we don't know. Um, and that's why we've gone back to we've reverted back to who we think should start. Like that's been our whole thing. Right. We just think Nussmeier yeah. should start. The question of who we think is going to start is a completely different and more difficult question that I can never answer. On, and on I, I would say he goes with one of the veterans. I, I I would say I would say a one with with Brennan then, just because you know if, if you're looking at it from his perspective, first game of the year, want to get off to a good start, you want to have some leadership out there, some veteran presence out there. Um, you know, Miles is, is is doesn't have the you know obviously the experience that a, you know a fifth year senior usually has, but um, he, you know, I, I think he's still, you know, kind of the, your best pocket presence guy. I think he's very aware of, of kind of what the, the, the defense is showing. I think he's seen a lot in his five or six years here. And uh, I think you can feel comfortable throwing him out there against Florida State in the Superdome and that kind of a, a venue and environment. Yeah. And you, we've said it before, you can't really go wrong with picking between these three. And that's why uh, we trust the coaching staff 100% here. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like to me, and this is, our, our opinions will develop throughout fall camp depending on how much we're able to see, which might not be a ton, honestly, so we don't know how much it'll change. But Brendan might be the safe bet, right? And that might be for Brian Kelly going against Florida State. He might want the safe bet, and that's my, that might be what they go for here. So um, we'll see. But all right, that, that's all the one or twos I got. Um, last question I have before we uh, jump to baseball real quick, and this is something that's been on my mind a little bit is how much pressure do you feel like is on Brad Davis this year? Just whether it's between um, – obviously, they've picked up the recruiting. I'm, I'm not worried about them on the recruiting front. They've picked it up uh, well, and they're going to be fine, especially once these Louisiana guys, if they can get you know Hurd and, and Adams, uh, the recruiting will be fine. But obviously, coming off back-to-back years where the offensive line is was sketchy, um, and so this is a year where it's kind of his – imprint on the team is going to be felt a little bit more do you feel like there's a lot of pressure on brad davis here i do to a certain extent you know i think look he was obviously this was his first year last year they had some very bizarre circumstances happen last year to where he got the job pretty much in the summer and so he didn't have a whole lot of time with that group last year um what we do know about him and what we've learned uh just through his years at arkansas through all the people who have talked about him um, and including Brian Kelly back at SEC Media Days, he was very complimentary of Brad Davis. But this is a guy who knows how to develop talent, and I think that's going to be the one criteria you need to judge him on this year is how how far along do guys like Garrett Dellinger come? How far along do Will uh, Campbell, Will Campbell um, uh, uh, Bradford, uh, who's just recently rejoined the team, Guys who have been around the program now for over a year, I think those are the ones you really have to look at, um, even above the transfers. Like, you know, I, I would say Miles Frazier, um, you know, Tremont Schwartz, those are guys that you're expecting to come in and be ready. Um, it's those guys that are returning to the roster who have had a, over a year with Brad Davis as their offensive line coach that you really want to see those those big steps from, I think, in year two. And so I'm going to be looking hard at, at guys like that, and I think it's going to be – uh, really important, obviously, you know, I think a lot of these positions, you know, you're going to have a, a penciled in starter, but you're going to have a lot of rotations. Like you're going to have a lot of guys subbing in and out throughout the game. It's not going to be like 2019 where you got Cushenberry, Damian Lewis, Austin Deculus, Sadiq yeah. Charles, 
all those guys playing every snap of every game. You're going to have to have some, some rotations here and some guys ready that aren't starters to play significant snaps. And, you know, I think you can throw Marlon Martinez into that mix as well. Xavier Hill into that mix. I mean, uh, just uh, there, there's a lot of players that are returning, I think on this roster that you really want to see that year two jump and see that Brad Davis impact. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's, that's really, really important. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, you lose four starters to the NFL draft. You need those guys to basically come and replace them. Like you said, evaluating him only on last year is probably unfair, especially since the second half of the year was so much better than the first half of the year. So you, if anything, you want to give him credit for that. And now for me, it's just, it can't take that long. It has to be by week three. I mean, obviously by week one, you would love it, but I mean, no team is perfect at week one, right? So let's say realistically by Mississippi state, they should be on the same page. They should be clicking at this point. Like, this can't take five, six weeks into the season because then you might drop a game like Mississippi State that you shouldn't drop. And so um, that's that's the separator for me this year is they can't get off to a slow start um, on the offensive line. They have to figure this out. They have to come out clicking to a degree, and that's why it's hard to predict um, like who exactly is going to start for the fall because I'm with you. Like On paper, just keep Charles Turner's there. Y'all have, y'all have continuity from the spring, and it, the spring looked – fine for the most part obviously there's they're gonna need to improve but um yeah it's gonna be real interesting i i just was looking at this offensive line and it's like and i i, I heard i think brad davis went on a, a Jordy's show um last week or something like that and he was really excited and everything i was just like i need to see it i need to see it he's the only returner and uh on, on this staff and i i just i need to see it so that's why i asked that question that was a one i had it's a good one yeah all right let's jump to baseball Let's jump to baseball. I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, LSU gets Air Force catcher Paul Skeens. Paul Skeens. Right? Yep. Paul Skeens. Uh, um, two-way guy. Um, I'll throw it to you. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's the scouting report? What's, the, what's everyone saying? Yeah, big, big-time addition. Obviously, a pitcher slash catcher, a guy who started 51 games last year at catcher and batted over 300. I think he was around 314 with about 13 home runs and 38 RBIs. Uh, during his uh, year last year. But, I mean, obviously more importantly, I think, is his impact on the mound. He was a guy who threw uh, sub-3 ERA. He was a 2.73 ERA with, you know, 96 strikeouts last year at Air Force. I mean, a guy who uh, can absolutely shove, you know, from the mound. I think he's a guy that you're going to really expect to come in and compete for a weekend job. And I think it really sets LSU up uh, beautifully uh, for for what what's to come. I think I'm working on a piece right now that'll be out very very soon. But um, you know, just the impact of having you know these four transfers. Uh, when you look at Paul Skeens, Thatcher Hurd, the pitcher uh, from UCLA, uh, Christian Little, the pitcher from Vanderbilt, and Tommy White, the the slugger from NC State, um, it shows there's a shift. There's a shift going on right now with LSU and with this program, in that you obviously want to build for the future, but you also have to build year to year. And I think that was something that Jay Johnson told us uh, really after the season that he's kind of had to shift his focus and shift his mindset on how he wants to build this roster year in and year out. And so um, adding, you know, honestly, probably four of the best transfers in the country. I mean, probably four of the seven or eight best um, to this roster next year with a team that returns Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan and Josh Pearson and Gavin Dugas. I mean, this is going to be a loaded roster next year. There is going to be absolutely no uh, qualms about the pitching staff. 
you know, you got it. You, I think you have really three or four guys that you can uh, safe to say that will be competing for weekend jobs and Hurd and little and Ty Floyd and Skeens. Those that's, that's a weekend rotation there that can compete with the best of them. And so uh, you got to get that development, right. You got to get them ready for next year, but um, there, there's going to be some very high expectations on this LSU team to get back to, uh, to a place they haven't been in, uh, you know, about five years now, which is Omaha. So uh, I think that, that, that is the kind of move that you make here when you bring in Skeens is uh, another, another piece you can add to that Omaha fire. Yeah. I saw uh, Leah Van on, on Twitter was asked uh, where this team will rank in the, in the preseason poll. And she was just like, it's July. I'm not answering the baseball question in July. And I yeah. was like, yeah, that's fair. Respect, so, um, respect to Leah for that one. She uh she puts in a lot of work for for the baseball beat and yeah, yeah, so yeah I, I saw that and I was just like never too early know. to make your predictions. I know that there's some people on our board who have already cop Omaha tickets. They already have plane tickets and all that <laughs> stuff for next year. So more power to you, man. I I couldn't pull Ooh. the trigger on that this quick, but. Yeah, not after watching the last two years, the one seats go down like like how they've they've gone is just no. I'm yep. I'm, I'm good. I can hold reservation. Yep. Um, all right, man. I think that's all we got. Uh, we we appreciate y'all for joining us. Uh, good baseball uh football preview with some baseball talk at the end. Um, fall camp start up next week, so we'll be covering that. Uh, check all that out on Go Twenty Four Seven. Uh, become a subscriber, a dollar for the first month. That'll get you through fall camp into the season. Glenn, we're almost there. We're almost, almost there. there. Almost there. So, thank y'all for joining us, and we'll talk to y'all later. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love, rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.